Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air, everywhere, and welcome into the weekend kickoff party, another edition of the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G Radio from the podcast Dojo. Very exciting. What well, is a big weekend here, the Hall of Fame weekend in pro football. We had the Hall of Fame game. On Thursday, and now the big weekend festivities kicking off with the class of 2022. And I am excited because we're going to talk to one of the members who's entering in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The class of 2022 includes Tony Baselli. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, the first draft pick in Jags history. And now he's the first player from that team to go into the Hall of Fame, a star at USC. This is the guy. We did a monologue about this a couple of months back. Bruce Smith, the Buffalo Bill Hall of Fame defensive player, furious, furious because Tony Baselli only played 91 games in his career in the NFL, and he's going to the Hall of Fame, and Bruce Smith was all upset because he's really upset because Baselli's claim to fame was shutting down Bruce Smith when he was in his heyday with the Buffalo Bills in a playoff game. I remember that game vividly as a stunning outcome when Jacksonville was able to get her done. Also going in the hall of fame, Leroy Butler, the green Bay Packer legend. He spent 12 years with the green Bay Packers and he, he has been eligible for the hall of fame 
for 16 years. This is his 16th year of eligibility, and he's getting in. That's a, a very baseball-esque move for a football player. You see that every once in a while in baseball where somebody's eligible and they don't get in, they don't get in. Like, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not a Hall of Famer, but Leroy Butler had to wait till his 16th year, a four-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro in Green Bay, and for me and for many people, the most important contribution – not being on the 1990s Hall of Fame all-decade team. No, no, no. It's the fact that Leroy Butler was the creator of the Lambo Leap. And uh, that will live on long after Leroy Butler is uh, gone from the, from the world. The Lambo Leap. I, I imagine 100 years from now, there'll be a Green Bay Packer team. They'll be doing the Lambo Leap. Also, Sam Mills, a Hall of Famer. If you remember those great Saints teams with Jim Mora as the coach, and we had we had Jim Mora on this podcast, but Sam Mills uh, in a, a very impressive year. He passed away uh, a few years ago, but his 20th year of eligibility, so another one where he had to wait a long time, but he it was very, uh, very dominant for several years with the New Orleans Saints. They had some great defenses in that era and then he went on and played pretty well for the carolina panthers also richard seymour part of the hall of fame class of 2022 remember him from the early days of the patriots dynasty he was a first round pick in 2001 and he was the rock of the defense for bill belichick at the beginning and uh, richard seymour i never thought of him as a hall of famer but that's probably because I don't think of a lot of the guys that are playing in the moment as Hall of Famers, but he was a member of the 2000s Hall of Fame all-decade team, and he went on. He got a lot of money from the Raiders after that and uh, was traded by Belichick, I believe, to the, to the Raiders, if I remember correctly. But he's going to the Hall of Fame, seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, and his fifth year of eligibility, fourth time as a finalist, Richard Seymour, in the Hall of Fame. Also in the Hall of Fame class of 2022 this weekend, Bryant Young, another guy. When he was playing, I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. He played on some very good Niner teams in the 1990s, and he was part of that all-decade team. That usually gets you in the Hall of Fame when you're part of the all-decade team. Uh, 14 years. 14 years. Started 208 games with San Francisco, and Young entering... Canton, Ohio, his 10th year of eligibility is second as a finalist. So he gets in to Canton, Ohio. Cliff Branch, who passed away a few years ago, part of the great Raider teams of the 1970s. Branch passing away in 2019. But he played 14 years. And that was the John Madden Raiders, 1972. And he was a dominant figure in, in an era where a wide receiver, you didn't have to put up ridiculous stats because, let's face it, the passing game was archaic compared to today. But Cliff Branch getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and also in someone named Art McNally. Who is that? His claim to fame. The father of modern officiating, Art McNally. He was the supervisor of officials for 24 years from the 1960s to the early 1990s, and he, he goes in to the uh, Hall of Fame here, and I believe he's still around. I think he's in his 90s now. 
but into the Hall of Fame. And the main event for us, the main course, this Hall of Fame weekend, Dick Vermeer, one of only seven coaches to lead two franchises to the Super Bowl. He got the Philadelphia Eagles there and then won the whole ball of wax with the old St. Louis Rams, the Kurt Warner story, coached the Kansas City Chiefs into the Hall of Fame. Uh, well, not into the Hall of Fame, but he led the Chiefs to the playoffs. And his claim to fame, we'll get into it with him because he's about to join us here. Dick Vermeil, 15 seasons as a coach in the NFL. Uh, he led three different teams to quick turnarounds, teams that had been morbid. The Eagles, I mean, Philadelphia, uh, if, if you look at that, Record. They had not had a winning season since 1960 when Vermeil took over. And within three years, they ended up uh, getting to the playoffs and they won the NFC title. I believe they lost to the Raiders, if I remember correctly. And he then went to broadcasting. Remember watching him on TV for all those years, calling college and NFL games, and then came back to coach the St. Louis Rams. And that was the Kurt Warner greatest show on turf. And that amazing storybook run for the St. Louis Rams. He then retired briefly, came back with the Chiefs and helped them end a brief playoff drought in Kansas City. But right now he is getting ready for his Hall of Fame speech. At the time we are talking to him, it is closing in on Hall of Fame time. So let's welcome into the fifth hour podcast. Dick Vermeil is going to get a gold jacket this weekend. So congratulations, uh, Dick, on the Hall of Fame honor. Kind of take me behind the scenes. Take us behind the scenes, if you will. What is the preparation like to get ready for this most important speech? Well, it's uh, it's ever-consuming, I'll tell you that. For the last two months, I've been waking up in the middle of the night thinking about it and I have a hard time going back to sleep. Then you find out you only have eight minutes. You, you know you should have gone back to sleep sooner. <laughs> <laughs> now you could do eight minutes in your sleep, right? I mean, you you are you were a broadcaster for a long time, so uh, you know what are you what are you trimming out of it? I guess is the way to uh, to ask. My thought is to make sure that everybody that contributed to my career is appreciated within my uh, conversation for eight minutes because I, I'm in debt to so many people and helped me become. Hall of Fame football coach, and uh, it's going to be very hard to express that in eight minutes. Absolutely. Now, over the years, you have been known very emotional. One of the endearing things about you, are you concerned at all uh, about the emotion overwhelming you in this eight-minute speech? Well, you know, uh, it used to really bother me, but gradually I learned as I matured that just don't worry about being yourself. You are what you are. And if it happens, it happens. I probably will, especially when I start talking about my family and specific people. But, uh, uh, you know, it used to embarrass me. Uh, now it doesn't. It's just what I am, and uh, I, I'll go. It'll, at least people will know I'm sincere. Well, absolutely. And when you were a little kid, did you always want to be in football? Is there anything else? I mean, when, when did you know this was going to be your life's uh, work? You know, I grew up with my dad in the garage. He had a, his business was a little small garage right next to the house in Calistoga in the Napa Valley. And I grew up soon as I was old enough to going out with him and working cars for starting out cleaning parts. And by the time I left there and finished college, I was a journeyman mechanic. 
So I learned a lot there. But I really, at that time, thought I was going to be a mechanic coming out of high school. And then a, a high school football coach came there named Bill Wood. And he sort of encouraged me to pursue football. And no one had ever told me I could play college football. So I went to junior college and started playing again. And, uh, and then decided, because of his inspiration, to try to be a high school football coach. And that got me started. From a family perspective, uh, Dick, did, was your family uh, excited for you? Did did they encourage you to go into football, or did they attempt to get you to do something else? I mean, my dad loved football. That uh, we heard about it. He played high school football, and he he thought it could teach you the lessons of life, and it was good for you. To te- teaches you to do your job, hold yourself responsible. We heard that all the time, but I think deep down in, he wanted my brother and I to stay home and. and go to work for him in the garage and they'd build a new building and, uh, you know, a Louis Vermeil and Sons type thing. And it didn't work that way. And I think he was a little disappointed initially, but I think as I grew in coaching, he became more and more involved and uh, appreciative of what my decision. Absolutely. Now, as far as the football stuff, you you've coached in multiple cities over your career. I, I have a buddy of mine who's from Philadelphia and he claims that despite the fact that you coached in these other cities and you worked around the country that uh, you are Philadelphia, that that is, that is where you belong. There's a bond there. Can you explain the relationship you have with the fans in the Delaware Valley? Well, you know, when I left UCLA and went to Philadelphia in 1976, we took three teenagers with us. So they finished high school and college in, in Pennsylvania, got married in Pennsylvania raised 11 grandchildren in that area and then on further as they started dispersing and moving to other areas. So we established roots there, you know, and that's why I stayed there after I left the Eagles and in broadcasting, you can live anywhere you want. And then all of a sudden I'm representing Independence Blue Cross in commercials and uh, all those kinds of things. So it was, uh, you know, it was a job outside of football. I enjoyed it. But we were very fortunate to buy it a large piece of ground inexpensively in 1984 and 87, we put a home on it and we made it our permanent residence. You know, we didn't want to leave two sons families that were living 10 miles away. And our daughter was that time living in uh, the East coast area. And uh, we just, Hey, that's where we were. Not that we don't miss Napa Valley in California, that kind of thing, but uh, our roots were there. And then all of a sudden you're working out in the community you're doing charity work and all these kinds of things. You meet a lot of people and you keep getting closer to the people that watch you coach. And pretty quick, you're a diehard Philadelphian. Yeah. It's, it's a great relationship that you have with the fans there. And and as far as the coaching stuff, you know, going in the hall of fame uh, and you know, following your career from afar, the master of the three-year turnaround uh, with the Eagles and the Rams and the, the chiefs, this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's the secret uh, that you had when you took over a team that hadn't been very successful that you were able to turn, well, turn them around so quick? I think the real secret was that I wanted to build a team, not buy a team. We worked very hard. We taught people that hard work was not a form of punishment. It was a solution to losing. It was a problem-solving process. And we taught them there was no correlation between working less and getting better. And we didn't talk about being the best. We talked about getting better every day. And we aimed at the Dallas Cowboys initially because they were always very good. We were preparing to beat them someday. It took us four years. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, that's what we did. You know, in our first two years with three different teams, we won about 35% of our games. Our third year, we won 71% of our games. So the process worked. All three of my teams uh, at one time came out of a training camp and ended up being the only undefeated team left in football. I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that I was never fired as a head coach by three different owners, and they're all personal friends. Of course, Lamar Hunt is gone. Leonard Toast is gone. Uh, Georgia Frontier is gone. But, uh, you know, it, uh, my career is going way beyond my own personal expectations, I'll tell you that. Well, it's a, it's a great uh, career that you've had here. And and as far as the, the broadcasting stuff, you left the Eagles, you went into broadcasting, you had a long run. You were there for over a decade on, I remember watching you on CBS and ABC over the years. What, what do you think makes a good TV analyst for football? Well, number one, I have knowledge. Number two, prepare, work, work at it. And I really enjoyed the preparation. It kept me close to the game. 
I enjoyed the people I worked with, you know, Frank Lieber, Bern Lundquist, Tom Brookshire, Gary Bender, Roger Twiver, Brent Musburger. Uh, and I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot from going to football practices, both in pro football and college football, and watch other great coaches, you know, the Bill Snyders at Kansas State, the Tom Coughlin's at Boston College, the Tom Osborne's at, at uh, Nebraska, those kind of guys. I learned a lot about who, and I recognize who great coaches are. And I, I still hold them very high on my list as the finest coaches I've ever seen. You go watch Don Shula practice. My God, you know, who nobody did any better in pro football. So, you know, and then you go watch Bill Parcells prepare his team. So I learned a lot from watching other great coaches. Oh, that's great. And in your broadcasting, we just lost Vin Scully this week. Did you ever cross paths? I know you worked in L.A. Uh, you were at UCLA. I ran across him a number of times, yes. Uh, you know, there were so many good broadcasters. You know, Brent Musburger is it was so outstanding, you know. And he could he could broadcast a dogfight. <laughs> called him and said, You gotta do it in two hours. You know, that's, he's just gifted. You know, and now he's out of it and retired just like I am, slowing down and uh but uh in fact Roger Tribal and Gary Bender are coming here Saturday to be with me as I get inducted. That is it's wonderful. Uh and you've made the transition from coach to broadcaster back to coach and Sean McVay. I want to ask you about that. The coach of the LA Rams, Sean McVay, uh, Dick, he flirted with going to television. There were some rumors that he was going to leave the sidelines and he's a very young guy still in the coaching world. Any advice you would give to Sean McVay about when to go into television? Well, you know, I would, you know, Sean is young. He's got a lot of energy, and if I were him, I'd coach as long as you physically are capable and emotionally want to, you know, and, you know, everybody's different, you know, and I put in 19 years in the NFL with a break-in between each team, you know, and people forget, you know, coaches in general, even though you're coaching a high school team or a junior college team or a college team, those teams, those games mean every much as, as much to you as when you get into the NFL and coaching on NFL on Sundays and Monday nights and Thursday nights and uh, against the Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, those games are just as important to you at the, that vintage of your career as the big ones later on. So it, it wears and tears on you, believe me, it, it does. And it, it, I allowed it to do a little too much on me. But anyway, uh, I would I would suggest, you know, I – I would stay in as long as I possibly can and, and feel good about what I'm doing. As soon as you don't feel real good about what you're doing and your heart isn't there, then go do something else. It's a very demanding profession. Absolutely. You did it a long time. You did it very well. That's why you're going in the Hall of Fame, Dick. And uh, who was the guy that gave you your big break? Was there one person in particular when you were coming up the coaching ranks that that really set you on your way? Well, John Ralston brought me into Division One coaching, junior college coaching. Stanford University. Then George Allen brought me into the National Football League in 1969 as the very first special teams coach. So uh, those two guys broke me into leagues that I never anticipated being in. And because of their decisions and evaluations, they thought I belonged there. And those two guys really got me started at those two different levels. What about the physicality of football, uh, Dick? Over the years, obviously, when you were coaching early on, it was uh, insanely physical and Things have changed a lot over the years. What do you think football is going to look like 20 years from now? You know, I think it'll probably remain pretty close to what it is today. You know, it's still a combat sport. 
you know, they call it contact sport. I teach people, I say dancing is a contact sport. <laughs> you line up and play on Sunday, it's a combat sport. Just ask those centers and those tackles, offensive guards and defensive tackles. Yeah, it's, it's a hell of a lot more than just contact. And I, I, I think they've got to be careful of being overprotective of the game because then you end up creating more injury problems because they aren't prepared for the combat on Sunday. But I, I think we're hitting a happy medium right now. The, the game has never been more exciting than it was last year. And young coaches are doing wonderful things, with, even within the limit of the practice times they have now, double sessions and all that. Uh, I, I think the league will be uh, going full bore. You might not see a three-point stance anymore in football after a few more years. They may say everyone has to be in a two-point stance, so you won't see a, uh, offensive or defensive lineman in, in two-point stances. I could see that possibly happen. I ho hope it doesn't. Uh, you know, th there's a risk in a lot of different occupations, and you you can't limit every risk in every occupation. And I think pro football players know when they choose and make a pro football team that there's a lot of risk involved both today, tomorrow, and the long-time future. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I coached in the league starting 1969, and I'm around a lot of older older gentlemen that played football for a living that, you know, that are now in 70s and early 80s. And uh, when you combine old age and having played a number of years of pro football, you got a lot of aches and pains, and some, some issues are very serious. So, uh, you know, but... I have never talked to a player of mine that wouldn't do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I hope we don't fool around with it too much. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of it like that, see that ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam cassell to point game i remember you came out from crying tears <laughs> crying tears. i mean he was in a culture shock and then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning remember what i told you i said i said oh you think i can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. As far as the coaching stuff, you, you're the perfect guy to ask as you're going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. You started out, in, as you said, in the late 60s and you coached in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the whole thing. Uh, the analytical part of football. What do you what do you think some of the old time coaches would say? Uh, some of the guys when you were starting out to talk about all the stats and the advanced stats and all that would they be receptive to it, or do you think they'd be like, "What is this this nonsense"? You know, I, I think they'd like to keep gaining more information and insight into the game. Uh, I don't know if they would go deeply into the analytics, but they'd listen to it. I started studying statistically the computer sides of football with Bud Goody years and years and years ago. In fact, I think it was George Gallon that uh, connected me with Bud Goody years ago. And I still use stuff that he uh, developed early, even before computers. So uh, I think it's good. I just think uh, you've got to be careful of relying on it. And then I think also now with all these organizations have analytical departments, use it, but don't abuse it. Everything in moderation, right? Everything in moderation. Yeah. I-, I wanted to ask you about your time with the, the St. Louis Rams and the, the great story with Kurt Warner. Uh, if Trent Green hadn't gotten hurt, would we have known who Kurt Warner is today? Uh, did you know in training camp that he could play? Or when did you realize, man, this guy's really good? I thought he could play. I didn't know he could play as well as he did. Nobody in our staff did. But, you know, I- but, you know, I have always said I'm going to go on what I see because I'm the final decision maker on what I see. And when Kurt Warner was our third scout team, the opponent's offense against our defense all the time, I used to walk off the field and many times say, Geez, you know, this kid, I don't know if our defense stinks or he can really throw the ball. It never touches the ground, you know. So uh, I, uh, you know, I had great respect for him, but there was no way I could anticipate he could play like he did. Yeah, and if Trent Green hadn't gotten hurt, do you think he Kurt would have gotten his opportunity? Do you think that down the line somebody would have given him a chance? It would have been very difficult. Would have been very. You just stop and think. In in this league, it is very difficult for a person like Kurt Warner in his situation that time to get the opportunity. And, and fortunately for me, my philosophy, uh, I always always search for those kind of kids. Always, and I had great luck with London Fletcher's and a number of kids on, on my Eagle football team. Me, even Herman Edwards for Chronics was a free agent. I love those kind of kids because they always had an extra degree of passion, you know, and it, 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 it always motivated me to be around those kind of kids. So, uh, but I don't know, you know, unfortunately, we brought Mike Marks in to run the offense that year with Al Saunders and then Jim Hannafin was there. We brought in John Masco and Dana LaDuke and all these kind of people. Uh, they, they just, they took what we had done for two years and building that organization through hard work 
and, and put it all together into a package that ended up being called the greatest show on turf. You know, there's four guys off that offense that are in this Hall of Fame already, and Torrey Holt will be the next. Absolutely, and uh, I'm sure uh, all these guys, many of them anyway, will be there this weekend to to welcome you in. And to my count, I was trying to I was trying to keep track of this. I believe there are two movies that you have been you were not in, but somebody played you. I know Invincible, which was uh, like 15 years ago, and then more recently, the American Underdog with with uh, the Kurt Warner story. Uh, Dennis Quaid uh, played you. Uh, Greg Kinnear, I believe, played you in the other one. How weird is yeah. that? Is it is it cool or is it awkward? Is it weird? Is it uncomfortable to watch someone play you in a movie? It wasn't as factual as it could be, but like they told me, you know, they weren't doing a documentary. They were telling a story. They did a good job of telling the story. Vince will be here in two days. He'll be here for, for the Hall of Fame induction. The Kurt Warner story, I enjoyed it. I saw it three times because I, I helped it premiere around the country a little bit and I enjoyed it. I think they did a, a real good, exceptionally good job the second half of the movie and they really it, it told a deeper story than just Kurt Warner in football. Absolutely. And uh, you, you started out in high school, you worked your way up to UCLA, you were a coach of the Bruins before you went to the NFL. And I got to ask you this. Now I'm based in LA here, Dick, and UCLA, one of your big wins was against Ohio State. And in the in the Rose Bowl, I believe it was in the mid seventies, UCLA is going to the Big Ten with USC as an old Bruin back in the day. Your thoughts on the new look college football landscape? Well, I think in some ways it'll be very good. It'll present UCLA to a a, a better audience uh, weekly because it'll include the Big Ten uh, cities and all that. I, I think it'll disappoint a lot of the old fashioned alums in Southern California. You know, they may not want to go to Columbus, Ohio. They may not want to come into Wisconsin on a weekend, you know, where the, before they could go to Oregon, Oregon State, you know, Washington State if they wanted to, or, or Stanford and Cal and all these different places to play. So in the long run, it's all about business. You know, it costs a lot of money to run an athlete program now. And I think UCLA was also running short of funds like a lot of major programs are. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll eventually it'd be a good move. But yeah, I was a little disappointed when I first heard it. Yeah, it's it. The Big Ten now goes from the East Coast in New Jersey with Rutgers all the way to to L.A. It's it's really a whole yeah. new it's a whole new world here in uh, in college yeah. football. And but just in general, though, Dick, I mean, you look at the money in football, and when you started, it, you know, it was you've really seen in your life the transition now where these NFL teams are worth four, five, six billion dollars. When you take a couple of steps back and you look at how big the business of football is, what goes through your head? Just like coaches salaries. You know, I went to the Eagles. I went to the Eagles as head football coach in 1976 from making $30,000 a year coaching the Bruins to $50,000 a year coaching pro football teams. So you compare that with what it is today. It's painless. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy for everybody in that situation. I'll let you go. Listen, congratulations on all of fam. I'm looking forward to watching your speech this weekend, uh, and uh, thank you. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.